Hey everyone, welcome back to Fearless as Fuck the Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Lauren. We actually have another one of our producers on the show today. His name is Austin Alvarez, and I have a shit ton of questions for you. Oh, oh that scares me. <laughs> I have so many questions. So I didn't know, I knew you hosted a podcast here, but yeah. I did not know what it was about. And I thought it was ironic because this episode, this whole podcast is called Fearless and I, right. your podcast is about ghosts yeah. and I have, I just have so many questions, but we're going to start at the beginning because I kind of want to get a little background story. Um, how did you start podcasting and like, how did bizarre junkies become a thing? And like, how did you wind up here? And then I want to hear about your podcast. Okay. So bizarre junkies is at the very tail end kind of of that story, but uh, I started listening to podcasts when I had a very crummy job working on gas meters all day. Uh, and so I was just in a car by myself all day. So I would listen to podcasts all the time. And I just left a band that I was in that was touring and performing all the time. And I was like, I want to do something again. So I started a podcast uh, with my friend. And we talked about video games because we were both very big into video games. And we literally did it in my garage on like my old kitchen table and there was dust everywhere and i didn't really understand about like mic placement mic bleed so like everything was just super echoey and just sounded awful um so i started that one i want to say 2017 and then uh, we did that show up until i started working for a games company and they're like yeah you can't be having that no more (laughs) we work with every publisher and you single-handedly said fuck sony like four times you can't have that and i was like like fine all right I, I guess i'll stop so i stopped doing that podcast and then with the same friend and george we decided to do a podcast about movies so we've all i've known um so my friend christian i had known him since second grade george i had known since sixth grade and so had christian we've we, so was, oh shit you guys go way back I yeah george that. and i go way back That's so awesome. we we branded the show as three lifelong friends talk about movies and so we did that for a good couple of years uh and then we were doing it out of George's house. We we actually built like a whole set out of his, like one of his bedrooms. It was really cool. And then he knew Travis because he went to high school with Travis and Travis started up Sticky Paws. So we ended up doing an episode here and we were like, oh, this is great. And we found out, yeah, he was like, yeah, you can do as many episodes here as you want as long as George interns here. And we're like, oh, for real? That's, that's all it takes? We don't have to pay? Okay. So we did two more episodes, and then unfortunately, Christian passed away from COVID that year. Oh, my gosh. So we kind of took a hiatus from the show. Um, But where Christian comes into play again is we started this YouTube channel called The Truly Bizarre. We would do little video essays on, like, creepy topics like cryptids, like Mothman, Bigfoot, stuff like that. And then uh, when he passed away, I stopped doing it for a little while. And then middle, late last year, I started, I was like, all right, I think I'm okay. I'm going to start doing them again. So I started doing them again. Travis was really interested in the project and I was like, I want to start like a podcast companion to it. And he goes, well, what if we just rebrand it as bizarre junkies? Um, so I talked to John, uh, he loved it. And so in, I I think the first episode we did was December 6th, we started bizarre junkies, the podcast. And so that really started the whole journey for that show. And then in late January, we went viral and now we've just been kind of riding the coattails on that ever since. We're just making sure we're staying consistent, putting out content. We're trying to get big guests in all the time. Um, but so, yeah. So because of the fact that I did the last three shows here, uh, I knew Travis and them. And I was like, okay, cool. I was already doing um, professional video editing on the side already. And so um, I got fired from my job last week of February last year. I'm in the parking lot. And I, t- I just text Travis. I was like, hey, I just got let go from my job. If you have any editing stuff you need help with, let me know. 
He literally calls me two seconds. It doesn't even answer the text. It just calls me. He goes, hey, how soon can you come to the studio? I was like, uh, I can go there right now. I show up. I talk to him for 10 minutes. He's like, yeah, you start tomorrow. I was like, oh, See, isn't okay. that crazy, though, how stuff really can just align for you if you like really lean into it. I always right. like find myself talking to people a lot about that, no matter what the circumstances. And especially when you feel like you're almost kind of hitting rock bottom, that you're like, fuck, I lost my job, lost my relationship, lost this. I don't know what to do, but I'm still kind of following this like passion and kind of just like waiting for that opportunity and like right place, right time and like hard work all kind of come into play and something just presents itself. And you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Okay. And it's been over a year now and I haven't even looked back so now i'm that's awesome. producing shows i have my own show but i i love this it's 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 been a the most stressful yet the most rewarding thing i've ever done but isn't that how it's always going to be though like yeah. do you really think that something that's going to be rewarding for you is going to not cause you any stress i wish i wish it wouldn't <laughs> like if i'm being honest i wish i could just wake up and be like ah money yeah right and for those of you listening who don't know we at sticky paws have a whole line of like junkies podcasts and that's kind of what sticky paws branded it so we have like fitness junkies bizarre junkies what else gridiron um, junkies action junkies fight junkies uh, Latino junkies. Yeah, there's there's so many, and then there's a lot, a few other ones. But so you were mentioning Bizarre Junkies is about like urban legends, ghosts. Yeah, like, it's it's kind of a conclusion. It's literally about bizarre stuff. So I'll talk right. about everything from cryptids to ghosts to aliens to sometimes conspiracy theories. I really try not to go down that hole. It's a. To, that, I'm not trying to be like Alex up, Jones. Okay, opening up Pandora's box. Yeah, like. <laughs> I talk about like the old ones, like the right. old old ones. I'm like, okay, those I'll talk about, but I'm not going to talk about like. COVID. Like, I don't, right. I don't care. I'm not trying to go down that rabbit hole. It's just a whole, that's a whole nother like topic on its own. Correct. That I don't care about yeah. enough to go into that. I, and I don't want that audience. If that, right. like that sounds bad, but like no, no, that I audience know what is you mean, though. very toxic. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want that in here. Yeah. I was even talking to Amber about like being very specific on what your audience is mm -hmm. too, because my podcast started going down the relationship rabbit hole for a while, which led into like the masculine feminine alpha male toxic right. masculinity like route it just started going that way because we talk a lot about like abusive relationships and right. bad stuff and then i realized i'm like this is and then it was attracting like davrick's audience it was attracting like the the red pill like uh, like a genre the, the alpha just, dudes that and, are strong yeah and then i started getting a whole lot of shit in my comments and it was just like not the energy yeah. that i wanted to put around fearless because fearless was empowerment and confidence right. and trauma recovery and you know for both men and women, and it was just going down. A, it was the same thing. Like, I just didn't want that audience. That yeah, you were niching down it. somewhere you didn't want to go niche Ex down to. Exactly. So just reroute. But um, back to your topic, have you had any, like, experiences of your own, like, that made Bizarre Junkies interesting to you as far as, like, you know, supernatural, like, experiences? Or not supernatural, but... Um, so I haven't had... For? I've had, a, I've had a paranormal encounter. Paranormal. That's the yeah, word. Yeah. Uh, I haven't had anything with, like, cryptids. Or anything like that. I'm and I'm under the aspect of until we can prove that it's 100% not real. I'm on. I'm. I'm more. I like to be the middle guy. Yeah. So like I've had a guy on who's been researching Bigfoot for 30 years, and like he lives in Colorado, it's and he's so like so interesting to me that people get yeah so invested in 100% something yeah. like that. Yeah, this dude was like, I've seen them open a zipper into a different reality. Shut and your mouth. I need to I, listen. <laughs> I, I'll send you the episode. He said that. And Chase was right there. And he What kind of drugs was he on? <laughs> I don't know. But he, he, so he was on Zoom. So he's up there. And Chase literally where Amber's sitting. And he looks up at me like, does that guy really just fucking say that? Like, he's looking at me like, did we just hear the same thing? Like, but so I like to be the kind of like the Joe Rogan. I'll let them talk. And then I'll kind of 
not really poke holes at it, but just to get more conversation You'll going. You'll dig a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but I I don't limit it to, like, I've had, when we went viral was we had a crime scene cleaner on. Like That, that was one, my, yeah, that was my question about, like, how yeah. that actually took off. Uh, well, so that, like, how, how that came to be or just how the, the channel took off? Well, both. Both. So the crime scene cleaner fell in my lap. He was here uh, with another uh, partner of ours. He was meeting with John, and he wanted to start a show. And uh, he, uh, the guy's name uh, is Billy, and Billy looks at me and goes, you have a you have a bizarre junkies, right? And I was like, yeah. He's like, would you want to interview a crime scene cleaner? And I was like, yes. What? Yeah. And I, um, he, they were here like an hour before my show, and I was going to have John on because John has seen Bigfoot. Yeah. He was like six. I need to call John Orlando right now. <laughs> Do it. It's, a, it's it's on my episode. He's like, I don't know what I saw, but he, Conor McGregor walked through the through the forest. But <laughs> so it was like a joint episode. I had John, and we did like a, a solid 30, 45 minutes with John, and then we did like an hour with this guy, and he just Um I am okay. I'm not squeamish. George almost threw up. He literally was sitting there like holding his mouth, like, I it think I'm gonna that vomit. Bad. It was detailed, it was very detailed. Oh. Um, but I am intrigued by that stuff. So I was literally sitting there like, wow. I think I'm intri- I think I'm intrigued by it too, but I also just I think I just get stunned because one, yeah, that is an insane job to have. I yeah. can't even imagine like how do you get into something like that? Yeah, I will say when I was younger, I was really fascinated by like forensic science. Like that's what I wanted to go mm-hmm. into. And then I remember my mom being like, "You're not going to traumatize yourself like that." <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, "I'm going to be a podcaster and instead." I know, but then I was also really interested in like paranormal activity because I had a lot of like experiences right. growing up, and so did my mom. So um, I was like really intrigued by it. But the whole like crime scene cleaning yeah. thing—that's same with like um, morticians. Mm-hmm. That's just. It's just really wild. I worked with her at my last job. She was a she was a um, a mortician, and but she said that the job sucked because you were just always on call. Yeah, they'd be like, "Hey, we had like a like a six car pile up. You got to come in." (laughs) And she's like, "All right, well, I'm not seeing my kids for two days." Do you feel like? I guess my question to those people as well would be like, do you take any of this stuff home with you? Because that's a really hard job. And, you know, you're also if you're talking about things, you're inviting that energy into your space. As, As I mean. I don't want to go like too woo woo, but I definitely feel like you do invite a lot of energies into your space. Like we're energetic beings and you're right. around situations that have energy. So I can only imagine how easy it would be to take that shit home with you. You know, Yeah, I wouldn't. So I'm, I'm not religious. Uh, I, I wasn't grown up in a religious household, but I did go to church a lot when I was younger. Um, and then I kind of like thought for myself and I was like, Oh, hold on. But I, I don't necessarily think it's and and you and like I don't know the answer. So like that's the thing with bizarre junkies is I'm never claiming to have the answer. Yeah. And so you, what you're saying could be 100 percent correct. We just or haven't. it could be completely wrong. Right. But the way I see it is like you can trick your your brain into thinking a certain way because I do it all the time. I'll be watching scary TikToks and I'm like I heard something and I'm running around with my gun like where the fuck was that thing and then no it was just my cat and I was like okay yeah. see but I think you can trick your brain into thinking. And like you could, but that's your energy is, is whatever your brain is telling you is there mm-hmm. is like this. This is my consciousness. I'm seeing something in my consciousness. I'm inviting stuff into my energy. Right. I think that's a really important fact you also mentioned too about like podcasts. Um, people have to understand that the conversations that are heard on podcasts most of the time, unless you're talking to some like crazy scientist or whatever, like these are all like, our opinions and our viewpoints right. on things. Like we're not preaching to know all of the answers to anything. We're just providing a container for a conversation and Correct. people really jump down people's throats when they're like, well, you said this and this. I'm like, I'm just talking about it. Like I I've don't... had that happen a couple of times. Um, so uh, our, our lovely friend of the studio, Michael Sartain was on one of my 
episodes and that that's a clip that's still going viral it's at like 2.4 million right now on tiktok but everybody like then goes wow this host is dumb and i don't even i'm not even in the clip once and i'm like that's not me but i also had him at the beginning of the and i understand that with clips it's a clip exactly and i want people to be mad and comment because then it boosts the algorithm i don't really i don't read them um but at the beginning of that episode i had him list his like yes i was a you know in the military i was a pilot or he wasn't a pilot but i was a captain in the air force like he's not just some guy who's just like "Ah, i'm here yeah he had some credibility credibility with that and so i always make sure if i have somebody on like that i always make sure to within the first few minutes always allow them to explain who they are correct because i don't one i don't want to mess it up two uh it's a good way to understand where you can and can't go in the conversation because if you allow them to open that door you're like hey you open the door i'm now i'm gonna ask the question yeah if you just instantly come out and be like christina tell me all your trauma right the second you're like well what the what the fuck yeah. why are we doing this yeah but if you, you start telling me your that. trauma and be like oh now i can yeah now i can now i can dig yeah it's interesting i always find i found myself a little scared when i started the podcast and bringing mm-hmm. on people who i actually didn't know that well because i'm like you know, I'll have 10 minutes with you before I actually start to kind of just like get comfortable. And I'm like, okay, where can I actually go with this? Do I want to dig deep? Do yeah. I? And, you know, obviously fearless is about some, maybe some triggering topics sometimes too, but that's also the key to providing the message of what fearless was supposed to be about. Right. So I found myself a little, uh, conservative with how I'd ask people questions, but I think you're right. Like allowing someone to kind of give you that, they're almost giving you permission. Right. That, I think that's also a really good uh, tactic to take into like normal life circumstances as right. well. Yeah. Like I, I really think that's really important because you one, I have had people like trauma dump, which is like, really, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is really, it's, it can be a lot, but you know, Wait, I thought that's what we were doing today. What's that? I thought I was here to trauma. You dump. are. Yeah. Didn't oh, you know? Okay, <laughs> Just good. Dump good. It out. I'm, glad, I'm glad we're yeah, here. Yeah, no, that. I, I, I mainly, um, I like to allow people to tell me what they want to talk about, just like how you were saying, especially with that. So right. somebody might come on and be like, oh, yeah, I was in a car accident that like absolutely changed my life. And I'm like, OK, now I know I can actually ask yeah. you about that car accident without it like triggering you too much. Or some people will straight up come in and be like, I don't want to talk about this. I'm like, OK, yeah. great. Say and that's less. why I will bring that up. Like, I mean, I asked you, like, I'll ask people like, is there anything you don't yeah. want to talk about? And then I still like, even if there's something they do. For the most part, I'll still kind of let them go into it or I'll give them a ledge. I'll be like, yeah. hey, so you're, you're talking about this. You want to go into detail about that? And I'll yeah. allow them to to take the step off to go into yeah. that topic. And I find that it, it helps with guests feeling more comfortable. Oh, for because, sure. Because like, then they're like, okay, I'm leading this conversation. I'm not just sitting here being like, I'm being Yeah, interviewed. you're interrogating me. Right. But yeah, I think I've noticed too that sometimes if that's the that's the energy that's like it starts with you'll notice sometimes they actually might dive into conversations that they didn't even think they'd right. be comfortable with i've even had guests like wow i didn't really think i was gonna talk about that on camera and i'm like well thank yeah. you i'm glad i can pro- provide a safe space for that but um, that happened to me last week or this week literally i had um brian hopkins on and i love brian he's cool he has he has crazy ghost stories. yeah he's oh cr- ghost stories cr- i didn't that's know why that. i had I him on yeah crazy like survival he, stories I'll, I'll have to that comes out uh that's the next episode coming up but like he literally apologized he's like i'm sorry that the, i was like no dude the episode was great i yeah. like it went somewhere i wasn't expecting it to go but i still like i'm cool with that yeah now do you personally have any experiences yourself that have been life altering or any paranormal experiences kind of like relating to your own podcast life altering no um in terms of like so here's the thing with with paranormal um like i said i'm not religious so i don't believe in like an afterlife kind of thing 
uh, it's kind of like a, do you remember what life was like before you were born? No. No, no. That's what it's going to be like when you die. You're just, so you, it's just you gonna think be like, we just it's like going to go sleep. away. Yep. And then what? 100, that's it. And then maybe. God, it can't be just it. it <laughs> that's what we want it to be. We're like, this can't be just it. And then you realize. I was I was told today by uh, one of my shows that I was producing this morning. He's like, you're a nihilist. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm very nihilistic. Like, it's very. And like, even having a it's kid. like it, it, Yeah. It even like when my friend died, my friend at 20 years died. I was like. Yeah, that and like I had a dream about him, and I was like, "No, that's that's not gonna happen. It's just it is what it is." But um, I did have one paranormal encounter um, in my house. Uh, I have a I have a, a best friend. He's been on my show a bunch of times. He's been to the studio. He used to like to fuck with me when he would drive by my house. He would like honk his horn, and my parents would be like, "Dude, somebody's really mad at you." I'm like, "No, it's just Franny. I know who it is." Um, I thought he was like pushing on my window. It felt like it sounded like there was an earthquake, but nothing else was shaking. There's no reports of an earthquake, but I could hear and see the window being pushed. And so I was like, holy shit. What was, what was that? And so I go, I literally run outside. Cause I'm like, somebody's trying to break into my house. And I look and I'm like, no, there's nobody here. And I texted him. I was like, haha, nice, nice joke. He was like, I'm in California. <laughs> I was like, oh, and then my girlfriend comes home and I tell her and she was like, okay, I'll tell my mom. And then her mom comes over with holy water. To bless the house. To bless the house. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, this was way before I started the channel. Yeah. Um, I was always fascinated from it, uh, by it from a from an early age. But life altering, in the terms of bizarre junkies, no. Yeah. It's just been my own curiosity that has led the show. So let me ask you something. Yeah. If you don't believe in an afterlife mm-hmm. or something that like continues on after we pass away, how would you explain anybody having? A paranormal encounter with like a spirit in your own opinion yeah, obviously so, we're not so in my opinion said. a lot of the times like i did a video on exorcisms and what i not even me what it, like the common thing is is like it's usually just undiagnosed mental illness 100 percent. like have you seen the movie exorcism of emily rose i, I had nightmares for weeks okay so i did the real ago. girl that was based on was annalise mckell she was a german woman and they gave her 67 exorcisms in a year and she died from malnourishment and uh rightfully so the parents and the priests were charged with um involuntary manslaughter or negligent homicide um she was legitimately like diagnosed with temporal lobe epilepsy Interesting. And so that was explained. She was like, I'm seeing stuff. It's like, no, your brain is just literally falling apart from this epilepsy. And her parents and the priest fed into the religious aspect so much. She was like, oh, I'm a martyr. This is an epilepsy. Like, I'm legitimately battling all these demons. And it was like, no, no, you have mental illness. Like, that's what that is. So um, what I experienced, I can't, I, I don't know. And, and yeah. like, if, if there is proven to be an afterlife, then my stance on it will change right but uh, but I'm, i guess you're saying that from like a realistic standpoint you don't have proof in front of your face that's correct me there's an afterlife so how can i believe this kind of thing correct yeah and i guess that a lot of faith-based faith-based people can argue that because that is what having faith is is believing right yeah, i believe in it okay yourself. i passed gas that's my lord and savior we've been saved i guess i've just had so many experiences with energy and people passing and things coming into my dreams and things just happening in a way that is so unexplainable that I just, and even like uh, an ex-boyfriend and my dad both passed away. Like those are probably the two closest people to me specifically. And I both have had like energetic experiences with feeling like I have them in my presence. Right. And 
I don't know. It's it's almost too. It's almost too real for me to think that it's just right fake, right? And then my mom, when I was little, we had what was told to be poltergeist in our house. Sick. Yeah, Dope. and that was really interesting. And then we had a priest come over to. Mm-hmm. My, my mom was desperate, and um, he didn't want to come in the house. Because he said it was so bad. And then we found out later. So you slipped in that 50. Then you well, like, right, I'll come in now. We found out later that our neighborhood was built on like Indian burial grounds. So energy once again in that area. My mom said that when my sister was born, or she was like, she wasn't walking yet. So she's really little, still in a crib. And she'd hear things on like the baby monitor and things like that. And things would move around in the house a lot. Water would turn on, cabinets be open. Like, it's just unexplainable, right? Right. And then she said that one day she's downstairs. Here's my sister, like, laughing on the little, you know, baby monitor. And then she hears this crash, like like a piece of furniture had fallen over. Literally that big. And she races upstairs. And my sister... Like my, my mom's also a sane person. Let me just also preface okay. this with this. <laughs> and there's no reason to make this up. No mental illness, nothing. And she's like, your sister is in the middle of the floor. The crib's not, not knocked over. She's just laying there giggling on the floor by herself. Like can't get out of the crib, like unexplainable. And this is before my mom called the priest and was like, there's something going on. How old was your sister? Did you say back months? then? Months. Okay. Months old. Like infant and um so that whole thing happened with the priest and, and she ba- he basically told her just you know if it happens again you need to like pray and tell it to go we were catholic back then right. so faith-based religion obviously and um so she said she was up there rocking my sister like weeks later and like the music box starts to go off like you know frames on the walls like kind of rattle and she you know did her whole thing and she said it's not it's not welcome here she saged it all did all this anything she possibly couldn't and eventually went away but i remember my mom telling me this i'm like you're fucking with me like <laughs> <laughs> are you, you where's you are, ashton kutcher right now fucking with me like this i'm look like you're i have no reason she, she's dead serious i'm obviously a toddler i'm four years old at the time i don't right. i don't remember but um no reason to make this shit up. So I was like, damn, like that's some, that's some shit. And I've heard stories like this from people I love and trust as well in their own, in their own, you know, their own lives. And I'm like, this just happens so often. And these aren't dreams. These aren't like, you know, you weren't high on drugs or psychedelics and like imagining shit. This is like real life stuff. So it makes me just wonder, you know, what line are, Ghosts, poltergeists, spirits, energy, demons, you know, or just people who are mentally ill imagining things like what, where do you draw the line between any of this stuff? I feel like there is no line. You just kind of take it on a case by case. Well, right. And that's right. You probably heard it all. Yeah. I mean, like the thing is, is like, I'm definitely not discounting anything like at this point. I, I, I'm not necessarily saying that like there can't be a higher power or energy. Right. Um, I just don't think it's the way that everybody right like commercializes when you're saying, it like, as. Oh, there's somewhere we all go and we die and right. No, like, and we had this conversation on my show, Brandon, where the energy that you may be thinking is faith is just no. The human connection that the three of us in this room have right now, just by being human beings in the moment, present. Right. Um, it's it's like a it's it's always such a heated back and forth because it's like, okay, is it religion? Okay, is it like, because if you if you say that there's demons and there has to be a faith based religion, kinda yes, but there could just be 
and I, I use this word not as a faith base, but as like a as like an intent base. But like there might be demonic energies out there. Right. They're not demonic in faith. They're just malicious. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, maybe we, you know, maybe Elon Musk will allow us to see into that realm and then we can actually see what's going on. But it's always so because there's, yeah, there's video evidence and there's audio evidence, but like the world is a weird place. It's literally why I have bizarre junkies is because like the world is just bizarre. Like there's so many unexplained things that like everyone's like, huh? Yeah. I'm not sure what that is. What are some other things that have popped up on your show that are just like hard to, hard to digest? (laughs) So a lot of, a lot of it is like aliens, like granted now we have the Pentagon releasing documents saying like, yeah, we actually legit didn't know what that was. Um, and I do think it is, it is astoundingly ignorant to think that we are the only life form in the universe. Right. Because we're, if you think about it on a scientific level we're so easy to make up we're just carbon-based life forms but who's to say there isn't mercury-based life forms or you know other base materials that can create something it may not look like us it may be an energy um so that stuff is always super unexplainable and then cryptids is is just kind of like a tongue-in-cheek because it's kind of like is that real what would you explain how would you explain that so like bigfoot like yeah how do you could there be a giant ape-like creature out in the pacific northwest for sure there's a lot of places we like just physically can't go though yeah i'm so curious how these even start like those a lot of them are like like folk tales yeah like Like, i'm gonna make up something about amber and then (laughs) 30 years from now kids are gonna be like y'all ever hear about that that's that's how most of them start and it's like yeah it's like either to like scare the kids or to like a lot of the times it's like oh hey just don't go to that area it's just like just not safe in general yeah did you ever, did you, did you ever feel any like, w- not worry, I guess, but, um, when you started your podcast, did you feel any like nerve, nerve wracking feelings about putting your information out there your opinions out there on the internet? Yes and no, because I like one, I don't read comments like I do, but I also like in like a joking way because I'm just, I just have a sick sense of humor. Like <laughs> there was somebody who commented on one of my TikToks and they said, I'm the official dislike button. And I just deleted the comment. Yeah. I was like, no, no dislike button for you. I think you just have to get, uh, it, it's so hard. I don't really go through my comments either, right. especially on YouTube because it's yeah. just gotten to a point where I know myself personally and I know how something's going to make me feel, call it sensitive, call it whatever. I don't really Right. Care. You're understanding yourself though. Yeah. And, and I don't really, I don't, it's not that I like can't handle the criticism, but I also like we were talking about earlier, it's a matter of I'm sharing my opinions and other people's stories in my podcast i'm not here trying to spit factual or unfactual evidence or like um correct what am i trying to say here i'm not trying to like put out um a statement that i'm like this is how this is and you guys need to believe it kind of thing Mm -hmm. this is just the way i view things and um that's why i started feeling better about fearless when i started niching it down and be like okay i'm not gonna put out my viewpoints on like very huge things like religion or politics or even relationships that much. I'm just preaching from my own experience. And right. hopefully the story reaches the people that it needs to reach. Yeah. That, that's, I think that's the difference between fearless and a lot of these other podcasts. There's not a whole lot to debate. This is someone's story. This is what they went through. The only thing that can really be debated now is if someone, you know, talks about their narcissistic ex or, you know, if some, their military service was real. Or, like any, yeah. Or like, um, you know, I had a, I had a, a guy on who was talking about mental health and he was an, an ex, um, army veteran. Mm-hmm. 
my God, I cannot talk today. <laughs> Do you hear me? I'm like, it's stuttered. one of those days. Um, but anyway, he was talking about how hard it was to get um, his mental health taken care of with the VA yeah. and how long it's taken him and all of this. And of course, people are like, that's not true. And this and this and this and this. Well, it's like, okay, this is this person's personal experience. So you can't really discredit that. And that also alleviated right. a lot of that. But I found myself not really pushing the podcast as hard as I wanted to in the very beginning, because I was in fear of what people were going to say or people's opinions. And I realized that a lot of people go through that. Um, so that's why I always ask when people come on here who have put themselves out there on the internet in any way, like, how do you deal with that pushback when you are simply just following what you want to do and, you know, posting because you love podcasting and you love the topic that you're talking about, you know? So, I mean, what for me, like I started as a musician, I started playing professionally, at 14. So like I was already getting criticized on a professional level and not just because people were cynical, but because it's like, Hey, um, if we're going to pay you, we need you to do this like this. This is also not my first rodeo when it comes to podcasts. I've had, if we're talking about shows that I have done, this is my fourth or fifth show that I've done, but we're talking shows in general. I'm on, I'm in the twenties now of shows that Mm -hmm. I've started. Um, one, and maybe it's my ADHD coming through. I just, don't like, I'll be like, ah, okay, I'm doing this now. That's like, I just move on. I think I'm a like, lot of us creative people have some I level would, of ADHD. You know? I would maybe not ADHD, but like Chase and I have talked about like maybe a lot of people who are creative are maybe on the spectrum. That's an interesting thought. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that in, in some way. I always thought I had ADHD because I tend to not be able to finish a lot of projects. That's me too though. But it's not because I can't finish them. I just get really distracted with like new ideas and new this yeah, and new or that. I get and bored. Like, or I'll get bored and do, I want to do a million things. I also just, I think I realize that I do better having multiple things going on in my life because I find myself more fulfilled. So maybe it's not so much like ADHD, but it's that creative aspect of like just needing to be involved in a lot of things and constantly yep. being creating something new. Um, that's another reason why I find podcasting so interesting though, because I literally can sit down just like today. I didn't know I was going to have you on the podcast and I'm like, you know what? Well, I don't even know what we're going to talk about, but it's a conversation with somebody who I get to have and share 30 to 60 minutes with and like learn something new about and who knows what like enlightenment comes from that. So it's, it's kind of, that's a, you know, it's my, my day doesn't look the same ever, which is like really exciting. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, kind of the same for me, but now I'm because of, I have so many shows that follow a weekly routine. Right. I kind of, my day to be fair, like today is a, a very weird day here at the studio, but, um, for the most part, I have some sort of routine now where it's like, okay, I know this day we have these shows this day. We have these shows. By this day, I know I need to have at least this episode done and uploaded. I need to, I know, yeah. I know I need to have clips done. Um, How do you manage your multitasking? Like, what's your, what's your go-to way? That like, actually is probably a really good question too, because a lot of people who are trying to get back on track, we talk a lot about on Fearless, just getting their lives back together. I right. feel like learning how to manage your time and like figure out what you want to do with your life and prioritizing things is, I mean, it's like an ongoing something for I struggle myself, with but currently, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you you learn more and more as you go, right? Yeah, 100%. Uh, it's it's about understanding and looking back and going, okay, why didn't that work? Like, so for me now, what, what has helped a ton is we've been able to increase staff here, we've been able to get interns and being able to slightly delegate work down. Granted, it doesn't take the responsibility away whatsoever. Right. If anything, it's like, I'm actually more scared because <laughs> I don't have full control of it. And it's like a, that's hard. Yeah. It's hard when you have to relinquish control, but you also have to, to be more productive Correct. in this, in certain positions, you know? Yeah. I mean, well, to the point where, okay, I'm taking on another show. Okay. All right. I know I can give this show up because so-and-so can take it 
and then I can spend more time on that one, but then there's like a, a transitionary period. Um, but so being efficient, like I, what helped for me is like, I do a lot of editing. So getting really quick at, at video editing helped me a ton, but I was doing that before I even started so like here. polishing up your skill set. Correct. Uh, making sure you can understand what it, how long it takes to do something. So like as a video editor, the way I charge is, um, like this last weekend I went and did a, a concert for somebody and I just filmed 45 minutes of their set and I was like, okay. Um, one, because of the gear I use, my expertise and the time it's going to take, it's going to be 500 bucks. That's just to go out and film it. And then if I wanted to edit it, um, depending on what they wanted. So like lately I've been doing a lot of like social media stuff for people. Uh, usually it's 500 to go out and film for you. And then it's another 300 because I've, I've kind of worked it out that, okay, if I want to make X amount of money, I have to charge this much per hour. Yes. I actually had to do that same thing as a hairstylist too, because I realized I've been doing hair for 10 years, but I realized no one really teaches you how to do the business aspect of a lot of entrepreneurial things. Like no one, they can teach you how to edit. They can teach you how to do all these things. But when you want to start your own business and start working for yourself, no one teaches you how to like figure out how to charge and, and how to do all those things. And you really have to figure out how much do you want to make per hour? And that was a huge, huge thing for me. And t- talking about like the the gear, like the equipment, what you, what products you use, things like that. And I started realizing like, I'm completely undercharging. Yeah. And it was, re- I was really kicking myself in the ass because I'm like, I love this entrepreneur lifestyle, but I feel like I'm working, I'm overworking myself and not making enough money. Yeah. And and then I was like, at one point I was so booked, but I'm like, now I don't have room for clients, but now I'm capping myself off. Yeah. So you have to really, as an entrepreneur, like assess your skill set, like how much money you've invested into yourself to learn these skills, your time, your gas, your mm-hmm. everything. And a lot of people I feel like are undercharging and like really selling themselves short. Yeah. Travis time. loves using me as an example. And uh, for anybody who wants to do video editing, don't do what I did. Mm-hmm. My first ever gig, um, I was doing it for, uh, who ended up being a longtime client. Um, he goes, Hey, I have this wedding, uh, photographer who I filmed behind the scenes of, uh, we want like a one minute clip. How much? And I was like, uh, 40 bucks. And he felt bad. So he gave me an extra taste. I'll give you 50. Okay. And I was like, okay. You're like, Oh, shit. Oh, and then what? So I finished it and he was like, you did great. He's like, next time make me say no. Like make me, give me so high of a price that I want to say no. I was like, okay. So then the next time I charged him a little more and then I got the wedding client and I, I had a really weird uh, charging style where I charged them, I want to say $75 per finished minute of video. Okay. So if you had, a, you know, I'm terrible at math, so I'd always have to use a, cal- a calculator, but like on average, her videos were three to five minutes for these uh-huh. wedding films. These were whole wedding that's films. A, that's, a, that's a big project. Correct. It's a lot of footage to go through. Granted, she would do a lot of the legwork and be like, okay, here's a lot of the clips I want you to use, mm. kind of make it work. So I would charge her that. And so I'd be making three to 500 per video and it'd t- probably take me about five to eight hours total to do, which isn't terrible it's but, not the worst but i could be charging more and now right. I'm, I'm charging like when we interview interns a lot of them are film students and like i went and dropped out of film school and uh travis always goes well, how much did you charge for your first one like as using me as an example i got charged 40 bucks and they gave me an extra 10 because they felt bad he goes how much do you charge now i'm like to just film it's 500 dollars, like minimum he's like see he's like, how far in between that those two time frames was oh so i started professionally editing um, in 2018 and I, within the last year, so sticky paws really helped me solidify that. Like, no, I am, I, I know what I'm doing. I, You're I a am, professional. Yeah. I am yeah. somebody. And so within the last year, I, I started charging more. I was, I was 
starting at like 300 a video and then i was like yeah. no i'm charging you 500 for me to go film because i have to come away from here yeah you're taking time away from correct. Like where you're making money correct and so i have to go oh you want me to edit it too okay it's gonna be another 300 dollars minimum on top of that yeah granted you scare away a lot of clients but then you get the clients that are okay to pay that that's, much that's oh that's the thing i took a business course slash um it, it, I, I did an extension certification course which is like my specialty with hair and alongside it was also kind of a business course about it and this was what, what woke me up about all of this and i'm like man you're not just paying for my skills you're paying for my time correct and when I really did the math, because as artists, we weren't really doing the math on the numbers for a long time. I just want to do art. I just want to paint hair and make people pretty and this and that. And then I like did the math and I was like, holy shit, that is literally about 50% of what I should be making per hour at the end of the day. And I was like, it took me seven years to do that math because I was just so concentrated on get more clients, get more clients, get more work, get more work and just do, 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 do. I didn't actually sit back and be like, okay, what is my ideal clientele? What kind of clients do I want to have? How much money do I want to be making? What days do I not want to work? And that's when you became like shackled to your job and you experience like a shit ton of burnout because yep. you're like, this is not, this is not it. This is not what I wanted to be doing. This is not what this should look like. And then you start kind of hating what you're doing. Yep. That was literally it's me cra- like three months ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy because especially when it's, ta- when it's tacked on with a job that actually you're passionate about, you're like, why am I feeling like shit about this? Yep. So you have to take that step back and like, like re- analyze how you're doing things and sometimes getting a coach is like really important i know i had to but if you can can realize it on your own at least or just you know be inspired by somebody in your circle to do to do that that's great but man i had to really have a a coach be like this is not how you should be doing it i'm like well shit no one ever taught me how to run my own business so i just kind of figured it out yeah i i kind of hate the term mentor I always, I'm like, oh, well, a mentor can literally be someone that you just got inspired by. Right. But like people go, oh, I have a mentor. I'm like, no, I just have people that I talk to. So like, I guess if you really wanted to say mentor, John Orlando is my mentor. Yeah. Yeah. Much I'd have to pay for somebody else of that stature to yeah. just well, that's give me the info. Thing is like, and he pays me. Like he pays me and then gives me info. Yeah. Well, if you can, I think that's also aligning yourself with the right people and putting Correct. yourself in the right environment because I if I hadn't found this studio and John hadn't kicked me in the ass, I don't think I'd be as professional as I am with this podcast. Yeah, the Afraid as Fuck podcast. I remember I was there afraid for, that, as fuck. for yeah. that, that voicemail he sang. I was right there. I was standing right there when yeah, he sang it to you. For those of you who are listening and don't know what we're talking about, there was a time where I kind of like shit the bed with this podcast. Let's yeah. just say it. I'd, actually, no, that's, that's doing me a disservice by saying that. But I kind of pulled back on it because I was like, I don't know if this is it. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I, I feel like it's not as good as I really want it to be. I don't, all those like self-deprecating yeah. things that I literally tell people not to have, I was going through it so hard and I just stopped showing up. And then John, our studio <laughs> owner here, literally the best. I'm still playing it over in my head. He goes, Hey, remember when you used to have that show called fearless as fuck? And now you're like the afraid as fuck. What, what uh, the fuck happened? Yeah. And I just listened to it and I was like, Man, like sometimes you really have to have those friends that are going to shoot it to you straight. And I literally messaged, I think I messaged Amber, whoever I was talking to. I'm like, I, book- was, I think it was George. It might have been George. Time. I'm like, can you book me a show next week? <laughs> and I remember. And then John was like, that's how you do it. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I just needed to hear it like that because in reality, when you're sleeping on yourself, you sometimes yeah. don't even realize it. Like you need someone to like shake you and be like, you are doing yourself a disservice. Like cut your shit. Stop playing, like, stop the pity party. Stop playing victim. Just do what you know you're meant to do and suck it up. And I did. And I'm so glad because ever since that 
day, I have recorded every single week unless something random came up. But I right. always record. And that's the big thing. And like that's why I'm seeing consistent numbers is because people can know every Monday and Friday. Something's they, happening. They, something. At the very least, it's every Monday something's happening. Yeah. It may not always be able to do the Friday. And now I'm even trying to ramp up another day. Like That's awesome. Trying to ramp up even more. Um, but so like, and that's what I tell a lot of like the new podcasts that start here. I'm like, you just got to come and show up. Also, you got to be able show to do. yourself. And this is another part of showing up for yourself. You have to be able to do solo episodes. Oh, if it comes so to it, it is hard. I do them all <laughs> the time. I almost did it today and I was like. <gasps> I, I do it all the time. And um, and that's how you can tell who a good host is versus a not so good yeah. host is like they they fall apart if they have nobody to talk to. And it's like you have an audience to talk to. Talk to the audience. Yeah. You just have to like change the perspective on what it is. And like I, I might like cringe. I'm like, oh, my God, I hate doing that. But I've done it. And it usually winds up being OK. Yeah. But you have to get. You have to get comfortable being uncomfortable and that's how you grow. I feel like if you can't get if you can't sit in that uncomfortable space, you're not willing to grow. Right. You're not willing to, because if you're not, what are you, what are you really learning? You're going through the same motions over and over and over again. I mean, it's great. You might be doing well, but are you really going to continue elevating yourself if you're unwilling to get uncomfortable? Right. And I have, I, I don't like feeling uncomfortable. Um, but I feel like people can go overboard and then they get really. Oh yeah. Don't always be uncomfortable. No, you have. But like, <laughs> like, cause I, I used to do that. I'd be like, all right, I just always have to be uncomfortable. I'm going to say yes to every situation, even that's if it makes me nervous. Bad. That's also bad Correct. too. That's yeah. You have to find that like that like halfway point. See, I'm trying to deal with that now, being able to say no, um, or like like so. For example, the studio is going to be closed for a week for renovations, and like. I was looked at specifically, like not specifically, like deliberately in my eyes. And they said, take a vacation, please, for the love of God. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you don't have to tell me twice. All right, I'm going to go to California for a week. And I'm, one, granted, this comes with preparation. So I'm preparing now, getting some double episodes booked, and then going to get them all edited and uploaded for release during that week. So I don't actually have to do anything. Um, but I always have a fear of, of if I don't answer somebody, like, uh, Amber can attest to this now, but like we traded in our nine to fives for a 24 seven. Like I am yeah. always on now. Like that's the entrepreneurial shift. Correct. Sure. But, and that's not even like, even if this was a W two job, like that's just the, of the position I am in now of being a producer. Right. I am always supposed to just hang. I'm, I'm basically just like a non-trained firefighter. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm you always also, putting fires out. <laughs> like you were saying, like you, you do have to have that balance of like, correct. I'm not going to answer clients after 10 p.m. or like something like that. Yeah. Like you have, unless obviously if there's like some crazy ass deadline, there's like situational Correct. things. Correct. And but you have to know when to take that break. Or you're going to burn yourself out, and then when you burn yourself out, you are not going to be as productive as you possibly can because you are fried. Correct. Yeah, and I have the worry that if I don't answer this now, if I make it, because a lot of the times it can wait till the morning. Yeah. It's like, oh, a, yeah. hey, the description is wrong on this. Do it when you get up and you get on their computer. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna do it tomorrow. I'm always afraid that if I don't, it's going to snowball. I'm going to wake up to like three missed calls from Travis, three missed calls from John, two, 25 missed calls from the client. And it's going to yeah. be like, all right, I guess I got to go find a job. Yeah, you just, yeah, yeah, I think it really is about finding balance. So Because at the end of the day, like you said, it will get done. But that's also knowing your boundaries, but also knowing that you are productive enough to know like, hey, I'm going to wake up at nine o'clock in the morning and like check what I've missed in that time I was supposed to be. I'm sleeping and I'm yeah. going to catch up on it. But I'm sorry that I have. I must yeah, slumber. <laughs> yeah, you have to, you have to have boundaries. I didn't have that for a long time. And I would answer clients like all through the night. And I'm just like, why am I doing this? Like, See, this is my downtime. It's even harder because I have a four year old, too. So it's like making sure that I have 
time for the little one. Like without it's, other distractions. Correct. It's like his formative years. Like I need to be there yeah. to help shape his little yeah. crazy mind. Like, and you will not regret taking that time away from no. like your phone to have those things. You will regret being like, oh my God, you grew up so fast. And I was like yeah. sucked into my phone, mm-hmm. like after hours and things like that. But yeah, it's and it's hard management. here because like, uh, like yesterday was a, a prime example. I had my first show of the day was at 930 in the morning. And my last show of the day was at 8 p.m. That's a long day. Yeah. And it, they're common, super common. Um, and so like, and even if it's, even if I'm not actively in the engineering seat for two hours, there's so much post work that goes yeah. in that I'm sitting at my desk anyways. Yeah. And I'm like, People all right, I got to do it. People don't see like what goes in, into all of the production behind this. We should do some more behind the scenes stuff. But right. there's a lot of uh, amazing things that happen here at the studio from all these podcasts being created. And it's such an amazing like thing to watch. So I appreciate you taking the time to share of all of that. And if you guys haven't gotten a chance to check out any of the other Sticky Paws podcasts and all the Junkies podcasts, I highly suggest you do it. There's some really amazing shows. And be sure to go check out Austin's Bizarre Junkies episodes. I'm going to go see if I can stomach the crime scene it's a good one there's two there's two there's a part one and a part two oh my god they're really good they're really good uh yeah i'm i'm super excited we have a lot of cool things in the works we have uh uh john just had him on but we have we're gonna have on the guy who the fbi agent who interviewed saddam hussein oh shit but i'm gonna ask him like the the real questions john was like surface level yeah i'm gonna like for real get down and be like all right you know you hooked a car battery up to that dude's nutsack right oh my god like you can tell me here this will be safe it's a safe space and then i also have um a one of the members from ghost adventures coming on oh my god that awesome. one's gonna be crazy but yeah we do a lot of cool crazy things we we like some days we don't have a guest so george and i will just find a weird topic and we'll be like all right how can we connect this like we just connected the bermuda triangle to um Oh, what did we compare it to? I th- we like solved the mystery. No, we didn't, but we attempted yeah, to. Yeah, just but, attempted to on camera. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's a fun time. It's it's if you're into if you need to scratch that true crime paranormal itch, I I try to do that for you. But that's awesome. Well, congratulations on all your success with that. I'm looking forward to checking that out. And I think we dropped all of his information here in the box. So make sure to check out Bizarre Junkies. And if you guys have any topics you'd like us to cover on either one of our podcasts, make sure to message either one of us. And we'll see you next time. 